0: Being home, you've been back, you've left your job, you're off to LA. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Plenty's been going on with me, Danny. Um, before we <laughs> even before we even get into uh everything, uh I'd just like yeah. to say it, it, it's so lovely to finally be able to speak to you because I I wanted to speak to you for a, a couple. I can actually say a couple of months now.
1: Yeah, i gotta say it's, it's not the gods the gods have not smiled upon our
0: endeavor <laughs> but, but but it finally happened and i'm I'm, I'm so glad i'm so, exactly I'm, I'm so glad it did i'm yeah, so glad great to see you mate great to see you I have to say yeah same same here are yes. you well uh, yeah i'm you know i'm i'm all right i'm 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 off to la in, in about five days and that's a bucket list wow. item for me you know yeah, uh, okay. It's, it's, it's this really, it's this really silly thing where you know how sometimes in life the things that you want are, are sort of fairly insignificant. And for me, uh, one of the things I always wanted to do in my life is drive down, you know, Highway One, uh, the Pacific Coast Highway, in a in a in a in a Mustang, and just look at the Pacific Ocean. And that's it. That's all, that's all I ever really wanted to do. <laughs> really. really? yeah so that's,
1: yeah, that's so cool but you said you're going to try and do some podcasting out there or something Try and set up a career or something is it just going to be a holiday
0: yeah you no, know, i'm 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 gonna do that on venice beach i'm going to do that uh while i'm in california so uh hopefully that'll go well yeah uh, we'll see you know it's 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 all going to be quite an experience the
1: space watch the space Indeed. let me quickly check do we need to test the audio on this thing do we know it's working
0: well i mean as far as i'm concerned it's working uh, I, I think it's all right i think the connection's fine
1: yeah everything's good i, I think so right. i just get a bit paranoid about these things it's like no i absolutely a podcast where i've not pressed the record button on one thing fortunately and i bought this new fandango recorder okay uh, twice I didn't press the or something happened and it didn't record but I hadn't you know I'd, I'd had a backup of the phone and I got perfectly good interview on the phone but had I not done that yeah. had I not got my little paranoid android head on I'd have missed the whole <laughs> podcast you know and totally unrepeatable so yeah
0: yeah, yeah. so how, how how has the podcasting world been uh, treating you how, yeah how-
1: good good how- I mean it's it's exciting it's you know what it's like it's bloody hard work you know, trying to fit it in around a full-time job and a life. And, you know, it's it's, yeah. it's difficult. And if I don't work, I don't, if I don't work, I don't get paid. So, mm. you know, last week I went to do a podcast. And it's always the way, you know, it's about 150 quid's worth of work comes in. And you just have to knock it back because you made a commitment to your podcast. And this is what happens every time. And you just go, oh, well, yeah. you either do the podcast or you don't. You, you either, just the way of it you know mm. so, but those are sort of the stresses so you're always trying to manipulate and that's why I'm so last-minute you know can we do it then can we fit it in here and you know Absolutely. Try and, try and maximize and maximize. but I love it I I. I really it's just it's the best thing I've done in a long long time
0: that's brilliant I mean there must be something there must be some sort of uh, intrinsic quality to it which which is which is amazing that would make you want to do that over and above actually getting you know physically paid there there must be something there
1: there is my my take on i'm interested to ask you the reverse questions actually see how you're getting on Mm. my take on it is you should get paid for everything you do yeah but you don't necessarily your pay can come in any form so at the moment i don't earn anything from this hopefully one day i'll be able to monetize it or whatever you call it in some way Mm. my pay comes in two forms in this either my podcast touches somebody's life Yep. And they go, wow, that was so inspiring hearing Johnny, Rachel, Tom, whatever. I've decided to get into mindfulness, get, you know, do lots of practice, get into something. That's, that's the biggest pay for me. that's gold dust. Somebody says it's changed my life in some way. But mm. at the rock bottom is I get to speak to people who I wouldn't normally get to talk to. And I can, I'll talk to them for an hour and a half and just hear about these incredible lives. Yeah, and I, you know I'm a very curious person. I love to hear people's stories. There's a guy I spoke to recently. He's um he's been a med- he's very well known meditation teacher. He's been a meditation teacher since the 70s. He lives purely on donations from his students.
0: Oh, and now okay. he's
1: been arrested arrested twice protesting with Extinction Rebellion. So he's cut out most of his income. He's just he's seen, had this remarkable life. You know, he's an re- incredible wow. teacher. And just, to, you know, there's there's no, re- there's no way, there's no reason I'd be able to talk to him for ages forever, but I approached him for a podcast and I just got to chat to him and hear this incredible life story and deeply enriching for me. And the few people who've listened to it have said the same thing. So, you know, well, that's that's paid for me. Do you know what I mean?
0: That's, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I 100% agree. And that's the interesting thing about the podcasting world. Uh, I have a very similar experience. It's not just that you get to speak to people that you'd otherwise never get the opportunity to speak to. But mm-hmm. somehow the conversation gets very deep, very quickly, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which is, which is fascinating because I, I don't know what facilitates that, but somehow if you choose beforehand to say, okay, well I'm going to be on a podcast and we're going to be talking about this and that your mind switches into a different gear. And you start speaking about things that matter, and that
1: I, 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 I think you are giving permission and being given to permission. You know, I guess it's on gender as we're going to talk about a subject, and it's a subject that I'm interested in, and hopefully you're interested in, otherwise, I wouldn't talk about it. I'm just I'm just yeah. thinking out loud because I think you may raise a really valid point, and so there's automatically let's. Cut through all the stuff and talk about these subjects that you and I are really interested in. Plus, we know we're on limited time, so let's yes. not mess about here. Let's yes. get straight to it. Mm. And if people want to talk a the subject, they're going to about it, aren't they? And you know, you're like you sound like you're like me. I want to listen. I want to hear it. You know. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: How have, have you been finding it? Have Have you got on? Because I know you had a few delays. And
0: uh, well, okay. If we're briefly getting into my end of things. uh <clears throat> I find the podcasting world to be incredibly fascinating and I love doing it but I've not been doing it nearly as much as I would like to if that makes sense so uh yeah. I actually had I actually had over a month where I couldn't get into it at all probably about a month and a half for various reasons I was in a very 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 dark very bad place and uh it took I've me a to get you. yeah so it took me a while to get out of that and mm. uh yeah, I'm basically on the other end of of that as we speak. Uh, but yeah. I, I love doing it. I, I love doing the podcasting because, I, as much like what you said, I have a very curious mind, and I'm interested in ideas, and I'm interested in ideas of people that I find can make a valuable contribution. You know, in, in which in whatever way, and I like being surprised by things because I think as you get older you get surprised by things less and less, you know, there's a certain script. There's a certain script to life and you go, oh fuck, it, it, it's always the same thing. <laughs> so, so I, I like podcasting because it opens up new avenues, you know? Mm, so, so, you know, in that respect, uh, I, I'm enjoying it. Uh, and I'm, I'm very happy to finally be able to sit down with you because the topic of mindfulness, uh, is not just fascinating to me but it's something i've been trying to apply to my life i have you heard mm. of the uh, uh, wim hof uh, breathing method mm. yeah yeah of course yeah
1: no, I've, I've not tried it but I, you know i know a lot of people are into it apparently it's very good
0: yeah well i've been trying it to sort of combat my my depression and mm. when i do it it's uh it's very powerful oddly enough it's it's very powerful on some days and it does very little on others i I'm not quite sure how how that is, but what I do understand is that the it it is a kind of practice of mindfulness you know it's bringing your mind to a particular state uh, i I don't think it's that different from i I think this is an assumption from what you will have to say on the subject of mindfulness because it's about bringing your mind to a particular Date, to be receptive to certain things and not to others you know uh, so it, it's been interesting for me and I'd, I'd like to hear more about how you apply mindfulness to your daily activities and how it's well, imp- well,
1: but, but can I can I interrupt Tom no of because course
0: please, thinking, please do please do do exactly
1: what you like but I'm sort of I'm sort of hearing the podcast opening up here and we're not recording them it sounds like what a good place to start you sharing your experience of Depression and Wim Hof, and how it's working, and where it fits them in mindfulness. And I can, if you like, entirely up to you. But that's just a thought.
0: Uh, I'm not sure I understand your question. What, what What are you asking me? I'm happy to explore. So are, we,
1: it, are, we, are we recording yet?
0: Oh, yes, no, we are. I'm, yeah, I should have mentioned we are recording. Yeah.
1: All, right. <laughs> all right. You might have to. Can you edit stuff out or?
0: I can. Yeah, I absolutely can. Yeah, it's it's completely up to you. All right. I can edit out as as you please
1: all right i'm just thinking why why don't we why don't we just start again and start from where you were on the vim hof thing
0: yeah okay we 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 can do that yeah okay let's let's do that then uh do you want me to go in with the intro as well or
1: uh... um (laughs) sorry up to you Sorry, okay. God, well, have I messed you up here, mate.
0: <laughs> that that You caught me off guard there, that, that sort of, okay, no, no, that's fine, that's fine. Let, let, no,
1: sorry, man, I, 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 I didn't realise we were recording. I thought we were just having a yak here and we were going to start the podcast in a minute. No,
0: so. <laughs> it's a valid point. Right, ladies and gents, we're here with uh, with Danny Hill uh, on the subject of uh, mindfulness, which is going to be a very interesting subject, the one I'm very interested in myself. Uh, We're going to start off by talking about me a little bit and uh, the Wim Hof breathing method and how it's impacted me. And hopefully we're going to get on to uh, Danny's experiences with mindfulness, how it's impacted his life and uh, maybe how it it can impact your life in a positive way. So Danny, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, Tom. Thank you for welcoming me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hello once again. It's so nice to have (laughs) you. Uh, a, great, a great pleasure well it, it it's lovely to hear okay so let's get stuck in uh because you and I know that this is the second time we're doing this <laughs> 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 uh so the vimhof the vimhoff breathing method uh it's impacted me in a in a very positive way i think uh, it's been very powerful uh it, it's allowed it's allowed me uh, a clarity and a peace of mind that I don't usually get, and uh, I've been suffering from depression all my life, and uh, it's been to the point where you know I've been basically suicidal, and you know, it's, it, it, it's been very, very powerful negative feelings in my life. And it's the Vimoff method has allowed me to step away from the negativity and sort of live my life the fullest, uh. And what I'm interested in is is then how mindfulness can do the same for me, you know, or maybe not the same, but how it can impact me in a similar way. What is what is it about mindfulness that is so powerful, in in your words, Danny?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, you'd like to know how they can complement each other, or how they differ, or all of the above.
0: Uh, we can start by how they complement each other, but I mean, what I'm actually most interested in is what mindfulness is to you and why is it such a powerful tool
1: you know yeah, I, yeah.
0: I don't necessarily need it to be contrasted with uh, with the Wim Hof breathing method or anything in particular
1: yeah so mindfulness is it's, it's incredibly simple and it's yeah. something we're already doing a lot of the time um, There's a technical definition of mindfulness I always give would be something like it's the practice of bringing a non-judgmental awareness to our moment-to-moment experience. That would be a good technical definition, but to a large extent, that's that's sort of meaningless to a lot of people. It sounds very grandiose. So a really simple translation of that, it just means noticing stuff now. Okay. About noticing stuff, and this is, this is something we do all the time. we just don 't do enough of it so let let 's say you're eating you 're eating a really nice meal it 's about noticing those flavors you really notice the flavors, but you 're not thinking about the flavor that happened a few minutes ago you're, and you 're not thinking about the flavor that might be coming your way in a few minutes you 're noticing the flavor that 's happening in your mouth right now okay that's, that's, that 's the very basics that 's what mindfulness is. There's a lot more detail to it, but if this is all anybody took from that, and they used, they did this often, their lives would change for the better. So for instance, if next time you're eating a meal, you just really notice the flavors rather than thinking about the flight to LA or thinking about what happened last month or an argument or what might happen tomorrow, or a lot of people on emails and Facebook, and then they're, they're they're just they're not eating. That they're doing a lot of other things. If you just shut everything down and just notice the flavors of your food, mm-hmm. your life would be the richer for it. If you notice the color of the flowers rather than worrying about what happened at work. If you notice the color of the sky rather than wondering if you booked the right seats on your flight. You know, yeah. if you just started noticing stuff right now, your life will be so much richer for it, and that. That's a very simple power and it's something we're already doing. People tend to think of mindfulness as this whole new skill, this altered state that will come on. And it's not, it's just, it's just something all, we, we can all do. And we all do do, but think of it a little bit like becoming an athlete. We okay. can all run. Running is natural. We, we started running as kids. We can all run. But if you want to run a marathon or you want to be really good at running, you have to train to do it. You become more skillful at something that you already do naturally and this is what mindfulness is it's a natural skill that we have in our body we're just training it so that our lives are much much, much richer
0: I see we're cutting
1: through our constant stream of thoughts and we're noticing what's going on right now it's very very powerful and it's just you have a lot more pleasure in your life because of it
0: yeah. see I find that very fascinating for for one reason specifically although I could mention many uh, you, you mentioned this altered state of mind, which is exactly how I approach it when I, when I look at the subject of mindfulness, or it, it can be anything else, actually. I think I have to be in a different state of mind, you know, like there has to be this physical impact, this sort of boom, this rush to my head. And I suddenly feel different when, in fact, the impact is much more subtle and long lasting, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's yeah, not it's, what I would expect. It's counterintuitive to me as an outsider.
1: No, ab- ab- absolutely. And partly what I teach is an is an awful lot about this. And um I bought into this heavily for a long, long time. And I spent thousands of hours on silent solitary retreat in Asia and Britain, trying to get these altered states, thinking that anything I heard I'd buy into it you know it'd be the the big one I really bought into is if I was a good meditator I should have no thoughts yeah okay, okay. so that, that that was the mark of my good meditation I should be able to get all my thoughts to go it just doesn't happen mine's wonder mine's are designed to think thoughts that's what they do and it's okay mm-hmm. or I'd hear about all these experiences and I'd really buy into all these different these experiences that were out there that would be yeah. in the future that would be something that wasn't me and actually it's not just that it's more subtle, it's more simple. It's so much more simple. It's just being aware of what's happening right now. And when you're aware of what's happening right now, things just settle down. You know, there's, we're not, what, what everybody thinks, we have a general with the way we're conditioned and it's quite valid is that if we put in work, we will get a result, we will get Mm -hmm. a reward. And so when we put in the work for mindfulness, we assume, quite understandably that we will get a reward we will get bliss calm no thoughts whatever it is we 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 buy into you know and i bought into pretty much everything we assume there will be results but actually we don't do mindfulness to to get anything the things happen as a result of us as a result of us just being present with whatever whatever it is so if if whatever is is whatever's going on right now is unpleasant mm-hmm. we just notice the unpleasant we don't try and fight it we bear with the unpleasant and if we know if whatever's going on now is pleasant we're just with the pleasant. we don't try and hold on to it as a result of this what we do is we we break into this constant stream of thought that goes on in our minds we we notice those thoughts we notice that it might be unpleasant we just come back to whatever we're trying to be mindful of flavors breath bodily sensations and it breaks into the stream of thought. So we're not lost in thoughts. Streams of thought tend to end in negativity. We're neurologically wired to, to have a negative bias. Yes. we break into the constant stream of thought. We come back to the present moment. We notice whatever is going on, flavors, breath, bodily sensations, color, whatever it is at the, at the sense doors. The result of this, the byproduct of this is ease and calm and happiness. But they are byproducts, they're not what we aim for. Does that That's, make sense?
0: That it, it does make sense, and it's also a very interesting point that uh, I, think, I think I speak for a fairly significant part of the population when, when I say that uh, when we look to mindfulness or meditation or ways to calm the mind, we're, we're, we're looking for a way of immediately alleviating the stress of every day. And what we, what we actually want is a thing that will just go click and we'll feel better. And that's actually not what it's about. Uh, what you say is extremely interesting uh, because what I understood from it is that we're concentrating on the wrong thing. Is, yeah. that, is, is that a valid way?
1: No, 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 no you've, you've, hit, you've hit it right on the money. And, and I, would, I think I, I would take what you said further. I think you speak for pretty much everybody it's a it's a very natural assumption you know that's what we want to do we want to get rid of the bad and we want more of the good yeah it, this is completely natural there's nothing wrong with that it's it's the way we're conditioned mindfulness is is about being with whatever there is yeah so what just think this through a little bit
0: You'll take as much time as you need mate no rush
1: what we're not trying to get rid of anything we're not trying to change anything with being with whatever goes on so what causes suffering this is a very ancient teaching is craving which is our attachment to our desires so we tend to feed our desires or or our dislikes We, we want whatever it is that seems good we want more of it and whatever is bad, we want to get rid of it. So we spend our whole times, our mind is 24-7 when we're awake, is trying to get, get more of what we like and get rid of what we don't want. So push, yeah. pull, push, pull. That only happens in our minds in the future and the past. So... We want, more of what, we want more of the nice stuff. We want it now, but we want it sort of slightly in the future. We want it in the future. We want yeah. to get rid of the other stuff. You know, do you know what I mean? It's either the stuff that happened in the past or it's the stuff that might happen in the future. We want to get rid of it. We want more of the good stuff. Mm. You know? And this is why we suffer, because we spend our whole time feeding that cra- They call it craving and aversion. So it, it might be, let's say, let's say you see a chocolate cake. You might go it's perfectly reasonable to have a desire for chocolate cake. You go, Oh look, there's chocolate cake and a sensation will come up, a pleasant sensation around the chocolate cake. The feeding of that desire, the the craving of that desire is you know you may move away from the side of the chocolate cake if you go oh there's chocolate cake I'm really hungry blimey chocolate cake <laughs> oh I'd really like a piece of that chocolate cake from Tom's cafe down the road I had that last week it was so nice with that really nice espresso he does god I, 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 I really deserve that I've worked so hard this week. do you know what? in a minute I'm gonna have that chocolate cake because it's so good. hold on you had chocolate cake yesterday and you had it the day before, this is why you're so fat, you're so overweight, I can't believe you're always eating chocolate cake, this is why you're single, nobody's going to love you, how can anybody love you if you're constantly eating chocolate cake, you have no willpower, you're fat, you're lazy, you use, your mum was right, your mum told you all about. and off we spiral into a depression or anxiety and the next thing is we come out of it, so one minute we're thinking about chocolate cake, the next minute we're in a, in a very deep depression because, it, we, because we feed our thoughts, yeah, we want more of the chocolate cake. We want the pleasantness of the chocolate cake. We want to get rid of the feeling of being hungry. What we do in mindfulness, we don't feed those things. It's perfectly reasonable to see chocolate cake and like it. We just notice it. We notice a piece of chocolate cake. I'm seeing, I'm noticing that I'm seeing it. I notice there is a desire for chocolate cake. I then notice I don't get chocolate cake and I notice that is unpleasant. And I'm okay with that. I notice the unpleasant and I let it go and then i move on to the next thing i let go of the craving and i let go of the thing that i let go of the trying to get rid of what happens in all this this constant stream of thought is when we allow it to let go we just notice that our minds wander oh look my mind's wandered off into this train of thought about chocolate cake we cut into it that train of thought stops and then a little bit of space opens up around that and in that space there's a pause. Mm -hmm. and that pause is deeply empowering because in that pause we can choose to respond differently rather than reacting blindly there's the piece of chocolate cake and off I go into that long train of thought rather than reacting blindly about it we can choose a different response there's the thought about chocolate cake ah I've just noticed that thought it's not very pleasant I'll let it go come back to the breath I stop now I can choose a different response I can go and buy a piece of chocolate cake I can forget about chocolate cake, whatever it is, but we're not lost in thought. We're not a victim to our thoughts. We have the power over our thoughts. It's very, very empowering.
0: What you, what you just uh, took me and the listeners through was, for me, spine tingling in, you, you, you had this moment when you walked me through the mental process of how you get from chocolate cake to I'm fucked and I want to die. <laughs> in about 20 seconds <laughs> and i just and I, and I was sitting here and i think jesus christ that's exactly right <laughs> and uh, it was amazing because that's life you know that's that that's life and and uh for me that was just incredibly powerful i was sitting here and i was i was you know grasping my chair and i was thinking jesus am i, <laughs> am I even here because yeah. you, you went <laughs> it's amazing you went from chocolate cake <laughs> to yeah, just, just seconds yeah. yeah and it took you about 20 seconds it was amazing mm. uh, so, <laughs> So for for that, for that alone, this podcast (laughs) would be worth, worthwhile. uh, There's a second thing that there's an attachment to to what I was, what I'm, what I'm driving at. Uh, Based on what you're saying, do you believe in free will? Or what's your, what's your attachment to the idea of free will? Because from what you're saying, you know, the person is a sort of a free agent of sorts, and he can, you know, he or she can experience life in a certain way and has a has a choice in the matter. You know, it's not just a question of biochemistry in the brain. Uh, you you can you can sort of say, okay, hang on a minute, stop this. This isn't what I what I want. Let's change the scenario. Let's explore this in a different way. Does, does anything that I just said make, make sense to, to you? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no it
1: makes, makes perfect sense, makes perfect sense. Okay. Um, free will is a, yeah, that's a difficult one. <laughs>
0: I know, I know. No, no, no,
1: it's, <laughs> and it, but it's, it's very much worth an answer. We have free will in the moment.
0: Could you elaborate on that? Yeah, so a, we,
1: we have free will to choose moment by moment by a moment, our response. There is no other time at which, we can, at which we have free will. We don't have free will about what has happened in the past and we don't have free will about what will happen in the future, yeah? Okay. And by the future, I mean anything that's not the moment. And the moment barely, ex- it doesn't really exist because it's gone, yeah, as soon as yeah. it's gone. So I mean anything that's milliseconds from now as the future. The only thing we can choose is how we respond to this very moment we see a chocolate cake it takes one moment to see a chocolate cake yeah Mm -hmm. there is then a cascade of things that happen after that there is it's actually quite simple um it boils down we see a chocolate cake and there is three qualities that are a response to that chocolate cake it's either pleasant it's unpleasant or it's neither pleasant nor unpleasant yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how we respond to those three qualities is how our life is run. And again, it's what dictates whether we suffer or not. If it's pleasant, we want to grab hold of it. If it's unpleasant, we want to push away from it. If it's neither pleasant nor unpleasant, it doesn't hold the mind and we zone out and we get even more lost in thought. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What we have a choice of doing is choosing our response to those three qualities, going, it's it's pleasant. And I just notice that it's pleasant and I let it go. I don't feed it. It's unpleasant. I notice that it's unpleasant and I just bear with that unpleasant. I don't try and get rid of it. Yeah? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's neither pleasant nor unpleasant. I notice that it's neither pleasant nor unpleasant. I don't ignore it because it's boring. Boring Boredom in the Western society is our biggest bud there. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. How we respond to those three, three things is our free will. And it only happens in the moment. Okay. Because every every moment that cascade is happening and we're moving along so we can choose and, and how we respond to that will dictate what's happens in our future milliseconds minutes days hours from now this is karma when people talk about karma this is the basis of it so yes we have free will in that very moment but it gets more complicated because what's happened before there is they talk about causes and conditions there's constant causes and conditions coming in some yes. of them are in our control, some of them are out of control, but the only control we have is moment by moment by moment. Does that make sense?
0: I did, it makes perfect sense to me and there's also a great element of hope in what you say because uh, it, from what you said it seems like there's a skill to be learned, you know. It, <laughs> it's, it's not like something that you're either born with or without. Mm-hmm. No,
1: this is very much something anybody can do. One of the things I got very hung up on is I've I've never had very good concentration and I believed I had to have really good concentration to be good at this. And at one point I was on a long retreat and I went to speak to my teacher. I'd had enough. And I sat almost in tears going, my brain's broken. And he kind of looked at me, tried not to burst out laughing. And he was like, what are you talking about? The bit that's responsible for concentration in my brain is broken i can't do it and it's rubbish everybody has the same capacity for concentration it's just the skill that you learn it's letting it's not having any expectations so see and anybody can do this pretty much anybody can do this they all have the capacity it's not necessarily advisable for everybody to do it people with very heavy mental health pathology they they would have to i would mindfulness isn't always the best start you can do it eventually but sometimes it flares things up a bit. I'm adding that caveat quickly.
0: In a way, this might be a strange response in a way that, that, that just reinforced my belief in what you have to say, because you mentioned, you know, it's, it's, it's not an all powerful omniscient, omnipresent tool. Uh, It's just something that you can utilize well or badly. And that, that makes me believe in it because it's it's that makes it real to me uh, and I think it's very nice of you and very honest of you to mention that it might not always be for everyone. Uh, even, even though I, I believe it to be an extremely powerful tool just from what I, what I know. Are there particular types of people that you think would not benefit from this in a particular point in time? Uh, yeah, I, I,
1: I think the bit you added about the particular point of time is the important bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. What, what 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 often happens with mindfulness is that. What what most of us spend most of our life doing, I'll I'll use a sort of a not brilliant metaphor if you like, but you know, the stuff in our mind, the landscape in our mind, we kind of take a lot of the stuff we don't like, we go down to the basement, we have a load of cupboards in the basement, we jam it in those cupboards, we shut the cupboard doors, we walk out of the basement and we forget all that crap's down there.
0: Yeah, I think that's a brilliant metaphor.
1: With with mindfulness, we're really shining the light on our minds. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like sometimes for some people, it's like getting a full-on flashlight, Walking down to that basement, opening those cupboards, shining a light in, and they go, fucking hell, how did all that stuff get in there? <laughs> it, it's always yeah. been in there. But initially, yeah. it can be really unpleasant, and often people go, I've got worse, I thought I'd get better. This is because you're suddenly really looking at your mind. What we normally do is distract ourselves from everything. I don't like that thought, I'll eat some food, I'll have a drink, I'll watch television, I'll do, I'll just, even moving slightly can distract you from a thought we sit still and we look those thoughts right in the eye so initially that can be really disturbing but it's part of the process and after a while we start to see that thoughts are just thoughts they're insubstantial they arise they pass away they arise they pass away when you don't feed them they lose their power and you just you just watch them come and go and they have a lot less power over you um so initially, it can be very disturbing for people. Everybody will benefit from it. It's whether they're in a good enough place right then. Sometimes people have to start. I had a, a guy I knew; he had very severe depression for a long, long time, and he what he started doing was a lot of running and a lot of yoga. So you know, he got his endorphin levels up. He was he was really getting himself a bit high and a bit more fit. Yeah. And you know, yoga has a small amount of mindfulness built into it, so there's already a bit of a focus. But it was a very gentle introduction for him and then after a year or two he got into mindfulness and he's really good at it but you know he yeah. took his time you need to be patient and know your stuff often physical things can be a good place to start you can be mindful while you're physical
0: yeah well i don't really know where to start because there are a couple of things that i want to uh i'd like you to elaborate on uh one of the things that really struck me was the fact what seems to be a element of 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 the human existence is we have people in society that are sort of, you know, truth sayers. You know, people that are really out there, but at the same time, they're really in touch with what life is really about. They're either philosophers, in my mind, or comedians. It, <laughs> You know what I mean? You know what brilliant. I mean? Yeah, you know, they're, they're right on the edge and they're basically insane, but they're just in touch with reality enough to still be able to bring it back to you. You know, and they're always social outcasts, they're outliers and they don't really fit in anywhere. And I think that, that there's this thing that you mentioned speaking about the truth. It, it it does burn you to the core of your being. You know, if if, if you really if you really want to get in touch with the demons in your closet or the stuff in your, uh, what was the metaphor you used? Uh, you, you go down into the basement. The uh, basement yeah. 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 And, and you shine a light up on yeah. these things. Yeah. It, it, it fucking burns, you know, it yeah. burns away at your soul Yeah. because there's painful stuff there. Yeah. And, uh, this brings me to another part of, uh, of what I wanted to talk to you about because a big part of, of of existence for most people, I think for all people, is some form of, uh, shall we say, addiction to uh, behaviours or chemicals or something like that. From what you've said, it seems like we're all either consciously or unconsciously addicted to, this will sound very simplistic, overly simplistic, but we're, we're, geared towards just feeling well all the time that's just what we're about as people which is want to feel good you know and we we express those things uh, those feelings in in various ways but i find it interesting that uh what it all boils down to for being a human is uh you know trying to feel good that's just an observation that's not a question but it's weird for me it's, it's strange to acknowledge the fact that what human existence sort of boils down to or a big part of it is just feeling okay a lot of the time yeah,
1: yeah yeah no i mean you're not being simplistic at all you're bang on the money it's exactly what it's about and that's and it's a good thing everybody wants to be happy that that may come in forms that to us seem bizarre twisted weird Unusual, yeah. they're extreme, but the rock bottom. Every behaviour is about us feeling happy. Yeah, is that a good thing? Yeah, no, it is a good. It, it manifests generally that because people don't, they're not mindful, they're not awake, they're unconscious. It often manifests in negative ways. But what you've got to remember is the desire to become enlightened, the desire to practice mindfulness, the desire for greater peace of mind. These are wholesome things, they're the same thing. They're the same thing that drives people to drink heavily, to take drugs, to whatever their addiction is. You know there' there's healthy ways of becoming happy, wholesome ways of becoming happy, and unwholesome ways of becoming happy. and and what okay. what we're trying to do here is is give people more skillful means, more skillful ways of seeking happiness. And this is okay. true, living more presently you know, enjoying the moment more. And and why why I said very early on about just noticing stuff, you know, there is more to it than that. There are aspirations to kindness, to compassion, to ethical behavior, and they flesh out mindfulness and make it incredibly holistic and very beautiful practice. The the Mm. noticing is the very basis of it and everybody can understand it. But so, yeah, we, we all want to be happy. And it's, it's it's a great thing. We 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 just need to find ways of being happy that are wholesome and skillful, not just for ourselves but the community at large. And when those around, when when you're happy, you make those around you happy. When those around you are happy, they make you happy. It's a virtuous circle. So we always have to be thinking of the bigger picture.
0: It's it's interesting to me that you are, as far as I'm concerned, again, uh, absolutely right when you say. It's about the bigger picture, but it starts with you. There's an element of individualism in what you're saying, that uh, unless you're happy in yourself, the community won't be happy, you know, or or, or you won't see it. It's, uh, it's a matter of perspective as well. This is, this is a, it's a very interesting thing. So you have to start with yourself. I think that's that's a very, for me, that sounds very wholesome in a, in a weird way, if that makes sense. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we, we're, we're, particularly in our society, we're very much brought up with a very lovely idea, the idea of service, you know, Christian service, helping those around us and doing good for those around. That's very yeah. valid and it's very, very important. But very often people miss the starting point, which is looking after ourselves. There's, there's a famous um, Indian Sufi poet called Kabir, and he used to say, some people are too busy doing good to be good and we've all come across huge amounts for charity and is helping everybody but actually bastards to those around them you know i've seen it play out you've probably seen it play out so you you look after ourselves and, and just being happy just being peaceful in itself is a benefit to those around you before you take any action whatsoever yeah you know your actions come from a much more wholesome place if you're not full of craving and aversion you're not feeling full of pushing and pulling away when you're you're not reactive you're responsive That's yeah what I mean. so it always has to start with you and it's unrealistic to pretend otherwise
0: what's uh, what really struck me about what you just said is the fact that uh it seems to be from a utilitarian point of view uh productive for a person to feel good and by extension, for other people to feel good. It's a good default yeah. position to be in. You know, I feel good and I can project that upon the world. And that's a great place to start. But the question then is, for me, is that what life really is about? Is it about feeling good? Because it seems like there's more to it. You know, that the the, the the pain of existence is very real. And, you know, where is the balance? Because you have to feel good to... Uh, sort of speak your being forward you know uh, that's not my own words but you you understand what i'm saying to sort of be be a be a person in the world that other people can contend with uh but is it is that what it's about is it about feeling good or is it is it about feeling good enough so that you can contend with the world
1: yeah I, i it sounds a bit like you might be mixing up two things there's hedonistic feeling good yeah and feeling good in a wholesome manner yeah okay so, you know there's a, there's a, there's often a sense of feeling good is very indulgent and when we're it's discouraged in our society as children you know it's not very christian whatever you like to put it yes but being content being peaceful um being generally means you're going to be nicer to those around you, it means you're a greater benefit to society. So it is, the, the initial point you made is the most important point, it's very pragmatic, this is a very very beneficial thing, you know, it's yes you will feel good, but you'll feel good in, a, and just in a wholesome, peaceful manner, you'll need less, you'll you will have less fear, you'll have less anger, you will have better relationships with people, your work will go better, people will like to be around you. If, if, if this could spread out through the whole of society, we would have less greed, we would have less war, we would have less, we wouldn't have, you know, climate change. The issues of climate change are down to f- greed. Greed mm-hmm. is down to fear. And fear is because we don't have any control over our minds. Those who are content with little, who are peaceful in the moment, have less craving. Therefore, they have less fear. Therefore, they're less greedy. Therefore, mm. they don't go out and destroy the planet and kill everybody. So this is a very pragmatic thing at the end of the day. I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating. It's not exaggerating. It's no, no, no. Giving you a very, very big picture here. So it's not about just sitting around indulging yourself, going, I feel really nice. That's really good. And fuck everybody else. <laughs> it's, very, it's very much this sense of peace um, and being okay with the moment. The moment isn't always going to be pleasant. This is a really important point that what we think is going to happen is because we're mindful, things are going to be pleasant all the time. They're not. The unpleasant will always be there. What yeah. this does for us is it gives us the ability to bear with the unpleasant. What we, what we do when we notice stuff all the time, ultimately, we're noticing change. Yeah, mm. Things come and they go. Things arise and they pass away change 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 it's winter then it's spring then it's summer it's hot then it's cold you're wealthy then you're poor you're young then you're old it's you know where the cake's been eaten change 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 moment by moment by moment when you observe this repeatedly it grinds into your unconscious mind the fact of change and when this happens you get an increasing confidence it's not a conscious thing it's the back of your mind has this increasing confidence that when things are unpleasant they will come to an end yeah and when okay. things are very pleasant that too will come to an end so you can bear with the unpleasant you don't go and say oh my god i have to get rid of it because it's never going to end which is the general default and you go it's going to end it's not pleasant but it'll yeah. end and when yeah. things are good you don't cling to them you don't want that piece of chocolate cake to last forever you know <sighs> the to an end, and you're able to let it go so by mm-hmm. noticing change by noticing stuff not only do you enrich your sense of flavor and break into those streams of thought but ultimately what you're doing is buying it grinding into the unconscious mind everything changes everything comes and goes. so you can bear with the unpleasant and the unpleasant will always come and go and you can relate more appropriately to the pleasant does that make sense I mean, that is emotionally- that, yeah
0: that 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 makes a lot of sense and is actually a very in, not just inspiring message which is great but it's uh <sighs> how should i put it? it 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 gives it gives me a very basic sense of of of, of hope i think great because I'll, I'll relate this to my own experience uh maybe this will put it because this ultimately this is a podcast about finding meaning in your life and mental health mm-hmm. uh so uh I know what it's like to be in the grips of a panic attack and thinking that you're gonna die and feeling so bad that you sort of hope you die because you just can't deal with it anymore. Yeah. But one of the reasons why a panic attack is so severe and so uh, powerful is because you think that that moment is never going to end. That's actually the core uh, thing that that's, that's powerful. You think you're never going to stop feeling that bad uh and of course you you do but you don't think that in the moment this is why i think mindfulness is so incredibly interesting because it it inspires you to understand that life is to be lived by the moment you know and i think it's 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 a part of western society in particular that we sort of live towards a moment in the future you know we live uh oh, I'm going to get that job and make that much money and then I'm going to be happy. And then you get that and you're not, you know. I'm 26 and I already know that it, 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 it doesn't make you happy. I thought, oh, I'm going to make that much money and I'm going to have my own car and I'm going to have a girlfriend and then I'm going to be happy. And I got all of those things and I thought, well, fuck, where's the happiness? <laughs> I'm not happy. <laughs> I'm just as miserable as I was before. <laughs> Absolutely. Stuff.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's,
0: it's,
1: it's the great myth. It's the great myth, of, and it's not just Western society. It's the human condition, and what what we tend to do. There's two things that go on. We 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 just believe firmly that if we manipulate our external circumstances we can find lasting happiness Mm. so as you say if you find the right job you find and there's actually nothing wrong with that. it's very valid you know it is good to have a good job it is good to have a good relationship it's good to have a good home life all those things are perfectly valid it's just don't believe they will in and of themselves bring you lasting happiness but the, the problem the problem becomes much more is much stronger the The tendency that's more problematic is blaming our external circumstances for our unhappiness, thinking that the job is the problem, the girlfriend is the problem, the white husband's the problem, the income, whatever it is. They yeah. may be problematic. And it doesn't mean to say you don't do things about your situation. You will need to be very proactive with this. But yeah. your response to this is what dictates whether you're unhappy or not, whether you suffer or not. We go back to those three qualities. Is it pleasant, unpleasant, neither pleasant nor unpleasant? So it's our response to that. We can have a very difficult job and we can have a very difficult circumstance. It won't be pleasant, but we don't have to suffer as much as we normally do the enlightened people don't suffer at all but it doesn't mean to say you're doing nothing about it one of the um one of the big things they talk about with mindfulness is acceptance it's a big part of the practice and it's a very difficult thing to get our heads around because we tend to think of the acceptance as either resignation or condoning so you know
0: that's precisely as how I think of it, by the
1: way, please. continue. Yeah, that's how pretty much everybody thinks of it. And it's not, it's, it's equanimity. It's about neither taking a position for or against. So, you know, we're not saying if it's anger, say if we have an issue around anger, it's not going, oh, there's nothing I can do about it. The mindfulness teacher told me to accept it. I'll just accept that I'm an angry person. There's nothing I can do about it. That's resignation. Mm-hmm. Uh, nor is it condoning go, well, I, you know, mindfulness teacher told me, accept that I'm, I'm, I'm an angry person. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, that's fine. I'm an angry person and it's okay to be angry. Neither yeah. of those are right because one of them is trying to get rid of and One of them is you know, it's craving and aversion. So it's just accepting the fact of anger in this moment. Yeah, it's accepting exactly. the fact that our job is yeah. difficult in this moment and allowing that to be and choosing a different response, but it opens up space and ease around these situations. Yeah, this makes sense.
0: That it it does make sense, and it's it's a very interesting point because I I always I always view a, a acceptance of my external circumstances as a form of
1: resignation. Uh, uh,
0: resignation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like That's I not... give something to 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 someone or something to this being, like, oh my life's shit right now, so I I gave someone something, you know, like this is my the shitness of my being at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> you have it you that's what it is yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, I, and i always feel like i give someone something and that by yeah. the same token that i've that something's been taken away from me you know that i lost something mm. that's the idea of resignation for me is that someone chipped away a part of my being and took it you know and um, apparently that's the wrong way of
1: What's away. 10 sorry
0: no, no, sorry, the connection it's is bad. It's the
1: there. wrong way of looking at it. it, 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 it that's it's, it's the very natural word, it's, it's the natural response, uh, and, and it's reactivity. It's a reaction. It's, here's this bad situation. My reaction is exception, resignation. My reaction is, you know, condoning, giving it away. But actually, and a lot of people go, "Oh, if you get mindful, you just become indifferent, and you become a bit resigned and a bit fatalistic." Is the word often people say yeah. you end up fatalistic? You not become much more proactive actually, because when you can accept the difficult situation, you know your boss is being difficult. He said a few difficult things. It said that the, the, there's a natural response. Oh, the boss! I'm going to really get angry. I'm going to do something about this job. I've really had enough. You yeah, just get yeah, lost in yeah. reactive. Your response, your final action is not likely to be very positive if you can just accept the fact and you can go right what are the if you can be objective and mindful about the fact right this is a situation The boss has said this it feels unpleasant yeah yes. i'm allowing it to be i'm not going to get lost in this chain of thoughts the boss is a bar so this one i need to die i need revenge i'm going to accept this fact yeah i stop yeah. that train of thought there this this space this pause opens up this deeply empowering moment opens up when you can choose a different response. And you need to go, okay, well, these are the facts. The boss has said this and it's unpleasant. What yeah. can I do about it? Okay, well, I can go and have a chat with the boss. It's like I say, I'll be honest, that was quite hurtful. Or it's a bit beyond it. I need to move on. I need a new job. It might be that you do need a new job. It might be that you do need to move on. But you choose an objective response. And when you do approach people they respond better to you because you're not coming in their face going, hey, boss, you said this, that and the other and he's going to be defensive. And then a fight starts. You go to your boss in a state of calm yes but you know very very assertive very empowered state and say look you know i'd really like to talk to you about this situation this is what happened this is what you said And you might go shit, sorry tom didn't realize that was the case yeah no don't worry about it or yes you're absolutely you know we need but you it's a very powerful situation it's very proactive it's not at all designed very very proactive since i've been doing this i've become much more proactive much more assertive in a positive way i used to always avoid any confrontation i still do i still don't like confrontation but because I can be a bit less fearful and a bit more responsive, I'm a bit more able to go, okay, well, I think I should just talk to somebody about this. And that's it's, for me, it's been deeply empowering and much more yeah. proactive than I was before.
0: That That's one of the interesting things about, you know, you have these sort of embedded beliefs about what things are before you actually explore them. And I had this very deep-rooted, apparently, belief that... Uh, being mindful means being passive in some sense mm. so in fact that's very not what common at all and this, this this is a very deep-seated thing within me i had this idea you know and i think that's the cause of all human problems you know you have this idea of what things are and they're not yeah. that yeah. Uh, but i thought that it's about being passive and it's not it's it's really not and that that's fascinating to me
1: and and again and again this is a very natural very normal response and there's one of the things they talk about a lot in mindfulness for the past it's the practice mindfulness comes from is seeing things as they really are seeing reality as it really is and this is what you're doing you're getting to the objective reality you get into the facts so much of what happens in our life is actually our opinion the boss said that that, and he is a bastard because it's our opinion the boss yes. said certain words, they're hmm. not necessarily good or bad. They're just certain words, but we instantly color them with our opinion. It can be very, very subtle, but it's virtually always our opinion. And what we're doing here we're seeing reality as it really is. We're hearing those words. We're seeing the response in our body. It's pleasant. It's unpleasant. We're seeing the reality of chocolate cake. Yeah. Often, often we eat a chocolate cake because chocolate cake gave us comfort. The last time we sat and ate chocolate cake with a lovely family member. So yeah. it's colored by our opinion mm-hmm. colored by that and actually to see the reality of the flavor and it's it's so much more powerful but it's not everything's much more objective
0: yeah there's an amazing thing I heard it pretty much immediately before we started the podcast mm-hmm. uh, it's a it's a quote that I'm gonna paraphrase is it's a measure of a man's character how much truth he can tolerate <laughs> <laughs> really. who was that problem? i like that uh well it I, I heard it i was listening to a lecture by the uh psychologist jordan peterson uh no, no, yeah. but but it, it 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 doesn't matter it's not his quote it's it's one of the uh old school psychologists i i i, I forget right now who it was it may have been nietzsche actually i think it was nietzsche mm. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who it was.
1: It's a brilliant. It's a really. I, I love it. It's a very good quote.
0: Yeah, I do. It. It. It, uh, it resonated with me extremely deeply because I mean, this, these are the topics that I seek out. I mean, this is my my daily dose of life is is looking for things like this, and this just resonated with me so deeply. Uh, and and it brings me back to this idea of of. of uh, i have this particular affinity for for stand up comedians for instance for some reason because they're right on the they're teetering on the edge of insanity but they're giving you a glimpse into 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 truth as they see it uh, you know what i mean you, you you're sort of right there but you you can sort of sit back in your seat and you're still you're still alright <laughs> and and you allow allowed yeah, I mean- to be taken to to the, to this place of, uh, of reality that you don't really like to confront in yourself.
1: No, I mean, you, you raise it, uh, you remind me of a couple of points. Is, you know, the comedians were the court jesters, weren't they? They were the only person ever allowed to speak to the truth to the king.
0: They and were they beyond did. contempt as well. Yes,
1: yeah, they were beyond contempt. They could go up and say what they liked to the king as the court jester because they could speak the truth in comedy. Yeah. And one other point, traditionally, and I don't know how much truth there is in this, but I always heard often the shaman would picked from the those in the village or the community that were deemed to have mental health issues so they would they would be the most likely to be able to see beyond see outside the norms and I've, you know I've, I've in the past i've had you know like you i've had depression and anxiety and all sorts of issues many years ago so i, I remember when i heard that thinking oh, that's that that's the best thing I've ever heard. There's hope for me yet. Maybe I'll be a shaman one day. You know, because I'm yeah, obviously yeah. bonkers now. So <laughs> I it was great. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> if
0: if if you'll allow me, I'd li- I'd like to make an observation, and feel free to comment or not comment on this. Uh, we touched upon it briefly before. Uh, you you had your stint of living on the wild side at some point in your life. I think is fair to say. You're obviously obviously not there now. And it's fascinating for me to see that you made that, I want to call it a recovery. Uh, How did that come about? How did you manage that? For me, that's interesting because I'm still that person, but on the wild side, you know? I'm I'm trying to become what you obviously have already become. You've you've calmed down and, and you have profound stuff to say. This conversation is fascinating, but I'm not where you are yet, you know. And I'd like to see how you came from where where you once were to where you are now. How did that happen?
1: Yeah, I did a lot of retreat, did a lot of mindfulness with Pasna, <laughs> <laughs> a lot, an awful lot. Um, you know, but it took me more than it would take most people to get where I am now. Um, yeah. yeah, you said, I must, but you know, briefly, in my story, you know, I was always interested in spiritual matters ever since i can remember um but this should have been i was always very hedonistic as long as i can remember as well and eventually i got more and more hedonistic and probably in my mid-30s it all went over a cliff and it just mental health just took a you know i've been taking massive amounts of chemicals and washing it down with equal measures of booze for decades at this point yeah. and it just went over a cliff you know it's just I, I was in a very very bad place for, for quite a while but you know i'd already i've I'd been blessed with having this sort of spiritual stuff going on and i'd already done a couple of the pastner retreats and the pasna is mindfulness um what has been taken from that so i'd already done a couple of mindfulness retreats and after about a year of feeling really intolerably bad. I sort of was, I remember you used to do this for passing stuff, this mindfulness stuff. So I think about 18 months in, I did a weekend retreat and I just remember thinking, ah, yes, mm. this is it. This is something wholesome. This is something, you know, it really resonated this sense of, you know, I can, I can change my internal view on the world because I was still very locked into, you know, if I just manipulate the external world. Um, And so I sobered up and just did more and more practice and spent a long time on retreat and you know, this is a contemplation. It takes time. It's it's something you come back to over and over again. You whittle away and you know, talking water. Dripping water drills holes in rocks. You know, you just drip, drip, drip. And it's a contemplation. You look at things, the same things, but you look at them over and over and over again and you reflect and you, some of it's, they talk about wise reflection, which is basically using the intellectual capacities in a wise way you know you have certain boundaries of ethical behavior kindness compassion and then there's just the pure insight and the pure calm that comes from the meditation practice so those coupled with those two you just start to look at your stuff and it just starts to unravel and you start to get ease around it and you start to say the way things are and things aren't the way we think they are yeah um but one of the phrases i used to like that the buddha used to say and most of my training has been buddhist i, I wouldn't consider myself a buddhist but it has been buddhist training one of the phrases the buddhists used to say he used to say i know of what's, i know of no greater cause for unhappiness than an untrained mind and i know of no greater cause for happiness than a trained mind
0: that to me that's a that's a brilliant quote
1: It so makes just, a lot of
0: sense as well
1: it yeah, need sense. To try, happiness is an internal thing everything in our world people don't realize it, is, is internal you know, when you're happy, you're not happy out there. You're not happy in the wall. You're not happy in the car. You're happy in there, inside. That's where happiness is. Anger is in there. Yeah. Depression is in there. Joy is in there. And we think we think they just arise because we manipulate external circles. You can generate all these things. These things are under our control if we respond more positively, moment to moment to moment to moment. We get yeah. We don't get lost in blind reaction we come back there's more peace if your mind's filled with negativity there's no room for happiness no room for joy if you're emptying it out if you're not constantly lost in the stream of thought and there's space in that space peace and joy and contentment can arise
0: yeah that's a it that's a really powerful message to uh, contemplate really uh, there's a i'm going to paraphrase again uh this is i think something from the uh indian tribes of north america where ba- basically the idea is you've got two wolves one it one represents happiness and the other one sadness and uh your life is based around which wolf you decide to feed if you see what i mean which again resonates with me a lot it's just like the thoughts that you incorporate create your, your, your being, you know, it's, it's, it's who you are. Your thoughts are really just who you are, mm. you know, so it's a, it's a very powerful thing. So here's a question for you. Uh <laughs> <laughs> having come, you know, you came from a fairly hedonistic place and uh, you came to a place where you, you, you replaced that with something more meaningful. Do you ever miss the hedonism or.? Yeah, of course. Yeah, could, could you yeah. elaborate on that a little bit? I, I mean, it might be a difficult subject to speak about, so, you know, feel free to say as much as you want on that. No, no,
1: no it's, it's, you know, being hedonistic is great fun. Uh, the, the, the Dalai Lama was once quoted as saying, if it wasn't for the possibility of enlightenment, there'd be no reason for anybody not to take drugs, get drunk, go out killing everybody, have sex with whoever they like, because it's great fun. It's, you know, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying killing and stuff is, but you know, it's great yeah. fun. It really is. And you know, to, if anybody turns around and says it's not, it's just being unrealistic. So yes, course cool, I miss it. But often you miss the idealised part of it. Often you know I'm tired, I'm stressed, I'm dehydrated. Oh, it'd be lovely to go down the pub and have a drink. But actually I'm having a drink. The last few times I had a drink, it just made me feel weird and sizzly sozzly. I didn't get any sense of well being off it. What I actually want is that ideal moment ten years ago or however long ago when it was all the right bunch of mates with the right music on the right night having the right time that's what you miss It's that ideal moment yeah and that's what we're always trying to get to yes of course i miss it there's again sorry to quote the buddha but there's a he talks a lot about renunciation renunciation is a huge part of the path people don't like the idea of renunciation They're not very really sexy why do you want to give stuff up you know and i, I totally get that and he mm. used to put it like this i really liked it he said he said, "Think of it this way." He said, "You're giving up a small happiness for the sake of a greater happiness." Mm. In in that he was acknowledging the fact that you know whatever your indulgence is, whether it's overeating, drinking, whatever, it is the it causes it makes you happy. Yeah, yeah. It's, you foolish denied that, but it's a small happiness. And in in letting those go, there's a much greater happiness to be had. And I would certainly say that's in my case that yes, I miss these things. It's great fun, and I miss the some of the mates I used to hang around with. You know, you go for two, three days straight, just taking whatever and having a wild time, brilliant time. Yeah. But ultimately, my my life is so much smoother and more peaceful and I'm more happy and more content. I've given up a small happiness for the sake of a greater happiness.
0: I th- I, th- I think that. Uh... An, an amazing thing to believe not just myself with but the listeners with because that that's something that I contend with on a daily basis you know this idea of uh what am I giving up my hedonistic tendencies for you know like what 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 is it actually all about because you don't actually know no one ever tells you there aren't any gu- guidelines to life where someone says right and at the end this happens <laughs> wouldn't it be great absolutely be quote,
1: great. the book of rule. rule seven says <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, like that. yeah and, and, and it just that, that's not what life's about and yeah. so you, you you have to figure it out and and uh, i i think that's where a lot of people find trouble you know giving up for instance the hedonistic tendencies or you know the the the, the fleeting joys of life for, for the bigger picture because they can't see the bigger picture you know no,
1: no a- I mean, they, one, there's there's a there's a cycle that's given in this path of practice and it starts with faith or trust so it yeah. goes so you, you get a little bit of faith you know maybe you hear a good teaching like you've heard and that so you get a bit of faith and the faith makes you make an effort you might do your Wim Hof breathing or try a little bit of mindfulness. Um, And the effort makes you concentrate a little bit more because you focus in on whatever this practice is. And when you concentrate a bit more, you you become a bit more mindful And mindfulness and concentration are actually slightly different. Mindfulness is a little bit broad, but it doesn't matter. But mindfulness leads to insight. Yeah. It leads to seeing reality as it really is. It's seeing that things change that, you know, all the things we've talked about. And when you get insight or you get a bit of peace or whatever the result is, you go, Oh, wow. That's really cool, and that increases your faith. It increases your trust, which leads to more effort, which leads to increased concentration, which leads to more mindfulness, which leads to greater insight. Which yeah. goes through it. so it cycles back and forth and back and forth. So there, there is a certain amount of you need to have a certain amount of trust that there is something better out there that, that this is worthwhile doing it for. Um, that's the trust that leads to that it starts off with this cycle. Um, yeah you know, which is why it's great to have good teachers or good, you know, read good books or whatever it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's about some, something, one of the teachings I was given very early on is to experiment, you know, it's not, it's very easy to go, that's it. I'm never drinking again or whatever it is, but just, you know, try it for a month to say, all right, for this month, I'm not going to drink or however it is a week or a day or whatever it is, you know, you, you be, be realistic about whatever it is. And then yep. just see what comes up. The practice is noticing stuff now whatever that is that's noticing and let's say it might you know so you notice the bad feeling the craving you just notice it where do you feel it in the body you know how long does it pass it arises it gets stronger it passes away that's the unpleasant then there might be a bit of joy the next morning you wake up without a hangover oh you notice that oh i feel really joyful whatever it is maybe you give in and you have a drink you know really focus in on that as you go to the fridge and get that beer or go to the pub how does that feel notice that how do you feel the next day with the guilt the remorse whatever just notice the stuff it's all part of the practice there's yeah. a very famous uh, enlightened being called Srinasigadatta, who I'm a big fan of. He died in the 80s. but He was basically a Buddha. He lived in Mumbai. And he was once, uh, his, one of his students was saying to him, I just can't stop myself. I'm just so hedonistic. You know, what should I do? And he said, mate, whatever. He said, if you're going to sin, sin in style. So there's a lot to be learned from sinning. And I just thought, it was "Great!" And, you know, that, that's kind of been my life. You know, I look back on everything that happened. I learned an awful lot from that really unwholesome way of life. Yeah, and it, it fueled my practice for many years. I learned a lot from it. I'm not encouraging anybody to do that, but I'm I just saying don't. experiment with it and, and learn from the bad stuff that happens. You know, use that as your teacher, use it as your guide. But experiment with it. Try it for a day, a week, a month, a year, whatever it is. But be gentle with yourself. You know, we don't. But you you need to make an effort. We need to push the boundaries a little bit, but we don't need to beat ourselves up. Beating ourselves up is probably what got us here in the first place. We don't need any more of it. That
0: yeah, that's a that's a very good point to raise, Danny. And I think, as uh, and unhappy as I am to say, it, that's a good place to end our conversation today. Because no I problem, move on, move on to other things, Danny. It was a tremendous conversation. I was so happy to to have you on the podcast, and it was one of the I, I can genuinely say, with a hand on my heart, it was one of the best conversations I've ever had in my life.
1: Oh, bless you. Brilliant. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. It and it's been, it's been a real pleasure. I could talk about this stuff all day, every day. So it's an absolute joy to talk to you. And you ask great questions, very insightful questions. So, you know, you, you, you're really getting the point, which is great. So.
0: That, that's brilliant. Uh, I, and I appreciate that. So Danny, maybe, maybe we can, you know, pick this up at another point in time and, uh, and carry on this interesting conversation. I, I'd, I'd love to have you on again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Not a problem. If I could do one little plug, I have a website, which I talk about my teachings and coaching, Thank but you. I also have a, resor- a resources section in it. So for people like yourself, have a little look at it. Mm-hmm. I'm building it, but it's got books and teachers and centres and all sorts of stuff in it. So um, yeah. it's www.monkonamotorbike.com. It's a little bit about mindfulness in there, my simple explanation, some resources sections and, and stuff about me as well. But, you know, more to the point, have a look at it and
0: I'll send you some links i'll check it out as uh, as soon as we finish this conversation thank you danny that that was amazing no thanks tom brilliant Great to have you on and i hope to have you on again soon cool best of luck to you see you mate